0: Thanks for joining us. This is Sipping T with Nat and Z. I'm Nat. And I'm Z. Z, did I blow you away right there?
1: Yeah. <laughs> I'm
0: sorry. <laughs> Look, y'all, we got we got some new sounds going on here and we're very excited.
1: Yes, we are. <laughs> very excited.
0: Only took a year. <laughs> That's Some change. <laughs> Just
1: a year and some change.
0: Oh, but now we know. Going—that's how. That's what the the year two has in store for you. Season yeah. two, better sound. Work.
1: Season two, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> better sound.
0: Yes, better sound. Better sound. So what's up,
1: girl? I—it's uh, allergy season for me. <sighs> yes. Which yes, yes. means that we are going to have um, asthma sneak mm. up on me. Mm-hmm. So right now, I am really trying hard not to cough. So if you guys hear me and I sound like an old lady struggling <laughs> and sabbathing. You
0: feel it the is str- she has some vibrato in her voice. It's, yes. <laughs>
1: it's because of the fact that there's a tickle in my throat that I just cannot get rid of. So.
0: But we're claiming it'll be gone by the by the end of today.
1: Yes. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Yes.
0: Hallelujah. Okay. Praise the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> let's 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 pray for that yes so today's topic it's a good one Mm -hmm. it's on colorism in the black community and how far have we really come so whoo that's a a heavy a
1: timely episode very
0: i would say i I think it's always on time but definitely Mm -hmm. for right about now so but you know we'll get into it and we'll see what y'all have to say about it
1: right so um (laughs) we're going to jump into the tea of the day not tea experts. Talk to your doctor before you start drinking herbal tea and mixing it with your medications, because there could be some side effects. You could turn into a zombie. <laughs> <laughs> and y'all see *Walking Dead*, so y'all know how that right. Okay. <laughs> you can start getting a tickle in your throat, like me. A whole bunch of things could go wrong. So please, before you mix these teas with your medications, please. talk to your doctor. Um, we're not affiliated with any of these companies, nor are these endorsements. So, what is the tea on the table?
0: So, the tea on the table today, because it is fall and you know, everything fall, October 22nd or whatever, or September 22nd, everything is like pumpkin spice latte, September 23rd, regardless if it's really that cold yet. So, in the spirit of that, uh, I picked a pumpkin spice chai latte, warm up on those chilly days. It's made with chai instead of coffee, pumpkin spice, and pumpkin puree. We're going to put the step-by-step uh, directions on our site because they're like kind of involved, but I'm going to give you an overview of what's in it. The highlights are it's for chai lovers. I love chai tea. It's a ha- it's a twist with uh, pumpkin spice, taking the coffee out and, you know, making it your tea version. It's easy to make at home. Make it from scratch using chai, spiced black tea, real pumpkin, which you can buy in the can for like less than two bucks. And homemade pumpkin spice blend, which is a blend of four spices, in case you didn't know. It's pumpkin that give you the pumpkin pie flavor, the cinnamon, nutmeg, ginger, and cloves. Brown sugar gives it a a nice richness. And vanilla extract, I think, is just good for anything coffee, just because on GPS. It makes everything taste great. And, you know, you can, you know, add a little bit of zhuzh to it by adding the little frothy thing z talked about that i (laughs) think you know z loves her (laughs) frother um and using loose leaf tea tea sachets and tea bags is the easiest way to use um to to get your chai flavor in there you know so there's pumpkin puree which i mentioned all the four um spices brown sugar and any kind of milk that you want so mixing all those things together we'll post the link so you guys can check it out but we wanted to give a different twist on how to make some tea this time.
1: So. Yeah, and I'll say this, like, first I was like, oh, shit, pumpkin, that's the basic bitch drink. <laughs> but this is not a basic bitch drink. Exactly. I mean, you to get some pumpkin puree.
0: Puree, y'all.
1: And, you know, get real fancy with it. Mm. And if, you know, you can get the canned version, but if you're really trying to take it even up a notch, take that pumpkin that you was gonna carve for the babies. Ooh, what? Take that scoop out. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, mix it on up. Okay. And and, and, and there you go. Mix it up.
0: It'll be yummy. It'll be lovely. It'll give you warm and fuzzy feelings for the remainder of the season.
1: Yes. Yes, Mm ma'am.
0: Yes, ma'am. So what we got on hot tea?
1: We got a couple things. Tonight Mm -hmm. is versus. So tonight is Paris 1 and Big Daddy Kane. What? Um, Yes. What? (laughs) Yes. So to get myself a little hype. Yo, that's dope show i listen so title if you have title uh-huh title has already put their the playlist um on the well their essential tracks mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. their site so they have a KRS one essential tracks and a big daddy kane essential track oh these youngins not gonna know it. what
0: to do with that they don't yes. even know they they, no, just, they don't not a clue I
1: not a clue so uh we were listening to that this morning uh, that was my cleaning music nice. some people clean to gospel and i clean to rap so <laughs> nice. there you have it um, <laughs> i love it and last night was uh Bouju bantan but <gasps> they didn't and barrington levy was there what but they didn't yeah it was a versus but they didn't um it wasn't on the ig verses, so you Ooh. had to have the app that they have, you have to buy like their monthly subscription to so, get like, that $2.99 and it was at the Barclays Center, and so there are clips from that. I think Barrington oh. was there. I'm pretty sure that's who I saw. Bu-ju. But I knew it was, yeah. Um, mm. but it was, you know, that was last night. I heard it was really good. Oh, I
0: might so, to I mean, check that out.
1: Yeah, tonight's uh, battle is at the Barclays Center, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. um, I'm curious to see how this is all this is all going to be. Sounds good um and it wasn't so super cat wasn't a a battle it was more like i'm super cat this is versus you basically
0: know. he can do that because yeah. he's super cat
1: exactly so boop, 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 boop. basically <laughs> <laughs> so shout out um, to me yes ma'am i'm gonna skip uh a little bit in my order um, because the one thing I know that we, we're going to talk about is probably going to take a lot of time. So um, if you're looking for something to watch, I watched these two <sighs> docu-series, very short, um, on white women getting over. One was the Lulu Rich. It's on Amazon. It's about the Lulu Row company and how they basically finessed suburban white women into buying into a, um, a pyramid scheme. Or wow! Multi-level marketing strategy. <clears throat> really? Yes, and it's very interesting because the company is still in existence today. Mm-hmm. But to hear the stories of the employees that work there and that still work there, to see how they did um, bonuses. Like there were people who were clearing one point four million dollars. What? Yes. What kind of what kind
0: of multi-marketing level scream is that?
1: Because it was all about getting people under you because that's what all these pyramids well, yeah. are you know just to have people under you to really do the work and then you reap all the benefit and right really in these they show you that only the top tier so it was like only like the top one percent of like these company, society <clears throat> well just this company yeah was making money and everybody else was like actually losing money they were so you got to get
0: in at the at the beginning and after Basically, that
1: you got to finesse in the beginning.
0: <laughs> gotcha, gotcha.
1: Get in when it starts right. so you can finesse. <laughs> so that was really good. And then I watched this other one on HBO Max about, it was called The Way Down and Way, W-E-I-G-H, about oh. the remnant church in Tennessee and how their founder is was cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs and her hair, as the years grew on, got bigger and bigger and bigger. This is just a total shit show and if you're oh a religious person i can see you being very upset uh, my husband and i watched it together and he said you know this whole time i've never heard her say a bible verse she ain't never quote a bible verse i ain't never see her have a bible all she did was preach about being skinny what yeah being skinny being submissive to your husband and being skinny so
0: wow take a gander
1: at it if you want to um it's called the way down yeah the way down w-e-i-g-h it's okay i'm gonna
0: check that out
1: so and i mean if it if you look at it it's pretty much how all these mega churches operate Mm um i'm just going to say that so when you see it you'll know but this is more like a cult like the way that they operate was kind of cult-like so Mm -hmm. if you're looking for something really to watch really short. Um, you is back on Netflix. I'm watching that right now. Oh yes, I saw. Yes, let <laughs> so, started again. I'm watching that. Um, Eve is pregnant, so the pit bull in the skirt got a pit bull in the woop, belly. Woop, woop, woop. <laughs> Yay! I'm so happy for her. So, I'm so happy for her. I'm happy for her and her husband because I know they've been trying for a while. I know been trying for a while, and there were some issues. Mm-hmm.
0: So like past ten years, her. and yeah. she's a bonus mom and mm-hmm. all that stuff that comes with that, and Being a bonus mom and deciding if you're gonna have kids or how that's gonna you know pan
1: out and look Mm -hmm. so yeah so um then adele has a new single out it's called be easy on me it's um you know if you're an adele fan you're just gonna love it because it's adele if you're not like a, if you like it's just like with beyonce right there are people who die hard for beyonce and she never and they never think she has a bad song right ever ever or if you're a Nicki Minaj, if you're a Barbs, like Nicki Minaj, can mm-hmm. do no wrong. So if you're an Adele, like super fan, she can do no wrong. So even though the song sounds very similar to her other songs, mm-hmm. you're just going to be like, oh, my God, this is the best song ever. I like it. I've mm-hmm. already learned the words.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: I sing it in a British accent. because Oh, darling, is that true? Ah. So I sing it in a British accent. And I love it. Oh I love it. That's a British accent. Yes, I do. Even though she sings it in an English accent. Right. I was
0: gonna ask that, but okay. Yes. I'ma let you it embrace
1: it. Yes. She well, she sings it in an American accent. Yes. I decided to sing in a British.
0: British. Accent. Cheerio, so. tip
1: tip. Exactly. <laughs> um she's lost a lot of weight. She loves amazing. balls. And you know, Adele can do no wrong. So as soon as my good sis puts that link for them concert tickets. I will be purchasing, too, and I will do it like I did with Beyonce. I'm going to find somebody to go so we could be singing, Rolling in, in the, the Deep. deep. <laughs> 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 the fact that we both sang that at the same time, not and- knowing that <laughs> it's a song. With the
0: shoulder is- roll. We both did shoulder <laughs> rolls, yeah. <y'all. laughs>
1: <laughs> is crazy. Um, and so then lastly, right? Hmm. Dave Chappelle, he has a special on Netflix mm-hmm. called *The Closer*. And I initially said I wasn't going to talk about this because I feel like it's been talked about to death. But here is what I'm going to say about it: I'm a Dave Chappelle fan, and I'm also an an ally of the LGBTIA plus community. Mm-hmm. Not so much an advocate because I'm not out on the streets. With signs right. and stuff like that, so I am definitely an ally.
0: Right there, and with I know
1: you. that me saying that for some is kind of like hypocrisy, right? Mm-hmm. Because how can I support the LGBTQ community and still <clears throat> be a fan of Dave Chappelle? I'm gonna say this: You watch. I feel like there are people who have been commenting on the special that have not seen the special on both sides, on the Dave Chappelle side and on the other side. And the reason why I say that is because the LGBTQ community, they wrote Dave Chappelle off a very long time ago, right? So I can't see them watching this episode or this particular, I can't see them watching this unless they really wanted to be objective and say, okay, yeah, now I'm done. Right. So I feel like watch it and then make whatever decision you want to make about it. And if you have feelings about it, then you are entitled to those feelings. And you can have those feelings and feel justified in having those feelings. But I feel like we need to get away from, if I don't agree with you, then you're not an ally. We can't be friends. You're wrong. And I don't want to have anything to do with you. I just want to cancel you. Because I feel like in all of these situations, there's a teaching moment. Great. And I feel like even though I did not find the special funny... It wasn't one of his best. I didn't. I, I was never in there like laughing. I do feel like he used it as a platform just to tell the LGBTQ community to kiss his ass because he's not to kiss his ass because it's not like he's he's not I'm not a fan of them. He's just a comedian, and that's not right or wrong. I'm just saying <clears throat> mm-hmm. that was his viewpoint, and he did say some things that were thought-provoking like The LGBTQ community does have a backing behind it that black people don't correct. And that is white privilege And so they are able to advocate and lobby for themselves At a more successful rate than black people are mm-hmm. because of that white privilege that they have right Right.
0: and there's a lot of racism within <clears throat> the LGBTQ right. community and he
1: asked he said can a gay person be racist absolutely Mm -hmm. and he said you know he's talking about those individuals who use their white privilege as a weapon Mm. even though they're in a minority group Mm -hmm. and that that is something that needs to be discussed and i will say that that is absolutely true um And because we always, we also know that within that community, there is a lot of issues. Yes. Um. Mm -hmm. And if you've ever watched Pose, you'll see in the 80s, early 90s, you could, if you were black and gay, there are absolutely places you could not go. Of
0: course. Yes. yes, At all.
1: And he said he liked the Stonewall gays. Mm -hmm. Like, he said those were his favorite because they didn't give a shit. They just went out there. Right. Spoke Um, their mind. And they weren't Easily offended, or mm. easily, like things, words didn't hurt their feelings. Mm-hmm. It was more about action, right? And I would say you could say the same thing with blacks in the civil rights movement. I think that the '60s blacks are different than the, the today's blacks. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I, I would, I would be inclined to definitely agree with you. cut
1: from a different cloth. Definitely mm-hmm. not the same type of skin. You could not take this generation and put it in the '60s and and expect them to be able to do it right what martin the king and then was doing the king. that was my that's my opinion but <clears throat> and there's also freedom of speech and as a as someone with a, a law background and someone who actually if i if things went different i probably would have loved to be a constitutional lawyer because mm-hmm. i do love the constitution the and the and the concept of it and how me and you could be reading the same thing and interpret it completely totally different.
0: differently yeah um,
1: same ship different sides exactly um which is the basis for a lot of these arguments that you find in the supreme court right mm-hmm. this is why that you'll never have a supreme court that's all of nine unless it's like blatantly obvious right it's right. always going to be split five to four <clears throat> or 63 or whatever and is basically on party lines like if it's a Mm -hmm. conservative judge or a liberal judge um so I I, I'm someone who understands what freedom of speech actually means and I understand that what he said is well within that so Mm -hmm. you can't censor the man you may not like him but you can't censor him because he's not saying anything that's inciting riots he's not saying anything Mm. that's dangerous Mm. to the point where somebody is going to kill somebody
0: start insurrection
1: right start insurrection storm the capital stuff um, like that it's
0: right. not on that level
1: Mm-mm. um kill people um with it, because you're telling them to go do these things mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and I, I i implore everyone i know i'm getting a little off but i implore everyone to take a look at the first 10 amendments which we know to be the bill of rights well i hope so or the american public system has failed us off right look at the 13th amendment look at the 14th amendment and look at the 15th amendment and when you look at those that is the those amendments are the crux of all of the bullshit that is happening in this country mm. everything and dare i say one two and three mm-hmm. and five like even with the bill of rights you could probably narrow it down um and i would just say educate. And they come back. right? Have an educated conversation. And if you don't like Dave Chappelle, if you hate him, fine. But I, I really also would like to get away from cancel culture. Can we stop Ugh, trying to cancel yes. everybody you don't agree with them?
0: Just because you don't agree does their... not mean they're like the devil spawn. Because what mm-hmm. if they don't agree with you, then they're calling you the devil spawn and you're looking at them like, what? Everybody, you just can't. It's just some of y'all, it's just, everyone is just, I think, it's a little too sensitive
1: right now there are cases i say like i i there are red flags for me so if you are listening to this and i'm saying things that are red flags to you and you're like i can't deal with anymore. that's your prerogative and i'm fine with that mm-hmm. just like if you come to me and tell me you still listen to r kelly that's a red flag to me Mm -hmm. I don't think I can really associate with you at a level that I may have associated with you before because of my strong beliefs and convictions and that's all I'm saying but I'm not going to cancel you who am I to cancel you I'm not God Mm -hmm. I'm not your maker Mm -hmm. and I don't understand where we as a society got to thinking we had this much power
0: yeah to dictate other people's lives based on your perception and And opinion and your moral
1: compass and your belief It's a
0: monolith. We are not monoliths, so we have to be respectful and mindful unless, of course, it's directly at you and cursing you. Like, it's it's just, y'all got to chill with that.
1: You really do. And I have, this is my belief system. My moral compass is, how does it affect me personally? Mm -hmm. If it does not affect me personally, I don't give a shit. (laughs) I don't. Right. And I'm not saying that in a bit. Be- I just don't. I'm pro-choice. Why? Not because I want everybody out here to go get abortions. Because it's none of my goddamn business. Thank you. What you, you do Which with your who? damn body.
0: Hello. I don't know why people are all up in each the other people's hoo-ha and what they're doing with it.
1: <clears throat> you When it's and-
0: convenient.
1: Hello. You getting an abortion has nothing to do with Mm-mm. me. Now, on the flip side, people will say, well, my body, my choice with the vaccine. Absolutely your body, your mm-hmm. choice. But guess what? You not getting vaccinated does and can have an effect, an effect on me. Thank you. And so I will have an opinion about that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I will feel some type of way about that because it could potentially have a negative impact on me and my loved ones. Thank you. So let's put everything into context here. Please. Legalize marijuana. Yes. Yes. Why? Cause that ain't got shit to do with me. Hello, hello. Mm-hmm. Because y'all out here with alcohol drinking and driving, mm-hmm. and been drinking and driving for
0: years. <laughs> and that is a drug, y'all. Just so y'all know.
1: And Just ain't nobody eat. got no issues with that. Ain't had no issues with that. Mm-hmm. Grandpa stayed drinking and driving.
0: Th- right. Exactly.
1: And I don't care. Be real with yourself. A lot of us, and a lot of you have been listening have definitely got behind the wheel a little intoxicated a little inebriated a little bit more than you should have Mm -hmm. so if you want legalize if you don't want marijuana to be legalized then alcohol definitely shouldn't Facts.
0: because
1: definitely but i'm i'm on a tangent i'm just saying freedom of speech but also know that you have the ability to make well, freedom of speech, but also make an informed.
0: Thank you. Do your research. Decision.
1: Re- do your research and then comment. Right. Don't comment if you haven't even watched it. Mm. On either side, because there's a lot of people sticking up for Dave Chappelle, and like, oh, y'all just. Met, but did you watch the special? Right. Because they have a right. Maybe they did hear something, and because you're not a part mm-hmm. of the community, you can't hear it.
0: Right. Sometimes dog whistles. Yes, that is true within the LGBTQ community, there are definite things that make them a little bit more hyper aware of certain Mm -hmm. things. And then they discuss that within their own communities. So,
1: yes. So just be informed, very informed, but that's it. So we're going to take a quick break and move into our topic of the day.
0: are back so topic colorism how is it how far have we really come in the black community if at all right so once a taboo topic it has been defined or it can be defined as the intra-racial discrimination and privilege system based on skin color and other phenotypical characteristics hair broadness of nose uh, lip thickness, and we see this manifested in various areas of, of society, but with, we're speaking to within our own respective race, regarded in the black community as commonplace, unfortunately, and continues to divide and impact the identity and self-esteem primarily of black girls uh, that we're speaking to today and the community as a whole. Uh, it definitely for generations has produced inequality amongst black Americans over the, over decades decades. And it's significantly associated with household income, based on um, studies and research that we've been doing, Um, educational attainment, occupational status. With darker skin tone Blacks, Americans, unfortunately, are faring far, far worse um, than their uh, counterparts, than their um, light skin counterparts. Uh, And historically, you know, we see this playing out now, Darker-skinned Blacks, unfortunately, seem to have harsher prison sentences are more negatively stereotyped. And we see this, I mean, it's, it's, we're about to become on Halloween, right? Inevitably, and I do not understand, Z, help me out with this. Every single freaking year, there is somebody's picture that comes up with a black face. Every year! And they're like, oh, we didn't know that it wasn't, Uh, really? Every, Every single Halloween? There's some, somebody comes out with white face, not black face, right, right, with a white face, (laughs) with a black face that usually is is a white person. Mm -hmm. And then they act like it's brand new, like they didn't know, like, I don't understand. Um, You know, and the experience of discrimination is at a rate of 11 times that of their lighter skin tone, uh, lighter skin tone counterparts. And you all out here, blackface and folks, I just don't, I don't get it. Like you just knew, but in respect to the specific colorism theory, it provides a general framework for understanding the implications of skin tone within racial groups in U.S. society. Skin tone bias or colorism is a system of discrimination based on privileging individuals with light skin tone and devaluing the individuals with dark skin tone. And this is pervasive. Um, and since my goodness, slavery times. And there's two categories within that. There's interracial, whereas a member of one racial group discriminates based on the skin color of a member belonging to a different racial group. And then there's intra, which is uh, racial screen, uh, racial groups within. So a light skin black and a dark skin black, and a virtual vers- individual, right? Mm-hmm. So like I had mentioned, it's you know, unfortunately started. Slavery days. Yes. As, mm, and in so, that part.
1: Yes, that part. And and when we talk about history and origin, like Natalie said, it, it started from slavery. It was born from racism and white societies, gays, you know, children of slavery who were byproducts mm-hmm. of race were, we know, more favored than slave more favored by the slave owners mm-hmm. and were allowed to work in a house. And that's where you hear house negro, field negro, right? Mm-hmm. Um and you know the 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 lighter skinned slaves who were favored by the slave owners were predominantly given what they would consider better work
0: Mm -hmm. lighter Um, light lighter work or not as clearly not as strenuous
1: exactly um so the biological differences of skin color was used as a justification for oppression and enslavement of Africans by European colonizers. We've seen this. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, color has been used as a a social hierarchy um, that aligns, of course, whites and lighter skinned black people at the top and then blacks at the bottom Mm -hmm. and then the inferiority associated with blackness has translated into socially constructed ideas about skin tone Mm -hmm. and these things continue to shape identity status and opportunity for the african-american community and we see this every day so um there are things that we've heard of growing up um to kind of water down or to I want to say watered down, but to distinguish whether somebody was black mm-hmm. from being white. And we've heard that the one drop rule, right? Yeah. Even if you had the smallest amount smallest. of African ancestry, you were going to be legally defined as black.
0: Yep. Regardless and of your other parent.
1: Regardless. One drop. And the enforcement of the one drop rule equalized all blacks in the eyes of the law. Mm-hmm. However, in everyday practice, there are significant differences developed between blacks and of varying skin tones, hair textures, and facial features. And we know this, right? Mm-hmm. Um and it's apparent and it's unfortunate. Um I remember thinking about the one drop rule and I was like, wow, like literally that was just distinguish like you could be the fairest of the fair. Mm-hmm. And I mean there are other terms for it, right? Octoroon and all Oh yeah the... with
0: the octoroon balls. And exactly. In yeah. fact um, it made it legal.
1: Yes. That's with yes. the one drop rule. Um so then we go to the paper bag test. And mm-hmm. this was often utilized more so in Black spaces um, in the hiring and you know admission of yep. Black people into certain spaces. Mm-hmm. So unfortunately, fraternities and sororities have used this. Very much. So. I've done some history. I've, I've researched. And I know AKs and alphas mm-hmm. were unfortunately big.
0: Perpetuators per- of this.
1: Yes, perpetuators of the, the brown paper bag test. Mm-hmm. Um, And then, you know, we had the doll test where Mm. this was first done in the 40s where they gave African-American children two dolls, one that was white and one that was painted black. Mm. And overwhelmingly, the African-American children would prefer the white doll to the black baby. And they would associate positive attributes to the white baby, like smart or pretty. Mm. The back doll was usually seen as bad Mm. or dirty. Mm. And they've done this with other races, right? Um, they've done this across the board and generally, overwhelmingly, the black always attributed with negative stereotypes.
0: That right there is, is the crux of what we're talking about. Like from childhood, it's children have been indoctrinated to think that. So it's not necessarily a surprise by the time individuals are adults, they may have preferences, whether they're aware of them or not and why they do what they do. You know, mm-hmm. and I just think it's unfortunate how you, you unfortunately perceive that. And then they're not counter. There's no counter argument
1: right. that
0: you have to pour into your your children. But we'll get into that later.
1: Right. So we can actually no, we can get into it now. We can talk about the mental mm-hmm. the present day and the mental health. Effects that we see within the Black community when it comes to racism—I mean, to colorism.
0: So speaking to that, and and we all know, unfortunately, it's very well established that the experiences of everyday discrimination have detrimental effects on mental health. We know that postpartum—you know, uh, postpartum—I'm sorry, uh, PTSD um, definitely presents itself. There's a there's a book called Post Traumatic Slave Syndrome. I can't remember the author right now but it speaks to some of the things that we've talked about historically till present day and how that affects how we interact with each other and with uh, among other blacks, skin tones, how we refer to one another, how we talk about each other in the house. And then there's a component of the perceived discrimination um, and is definitely related to psychological distress, depressive symptoms, anxiety disorders, and major depression depressive disorders and you compile that and it compounds the fact that black people don't want to talk about going to talk to anybody about being depressed mm-hmm. so that is that much more magnified because we don't mm-hmm. get to as far as society i mean until recently black people don't get depressed people don't get sad you don't yeah, right you know we just go and pray about it or something or make a joke about it or you know it's either or but there's never a let's deal with it where it is right now you right. know and then from that also comes the microaggressions that are um, interwoven into how you look at yourself, how people refer to you, and that adds to another layer of discrimination that isn't blatant, but that kind of needles you into feeling or say feeling like, wait, did somebody just say something to me? It's like mm-hmm. it's it's real slick, at whether they mean it or not, but they can definitely it can definitely get under your skin, right. and. With the darker darker skin tone black Americans, like we said, they fare way, way worse than lighter skinned black Americans in, in sense of self-rated mental health and depression. However, there's a paradox. So among blacks that do exhibit, um, they, they exhibit better mental health responses and outcomes than whites, given even though they're an unexpected pattern of disproportionate exposure, because we know what in within the white community going to get therapy is a thing. It's just like, oh, okay, I'm gonna go talk to my therapist or whatever. And sometimes it, it's the outcomes for some whites is really great, but for blacks who normally don't go to get therapy, when they do get therapy, they have better outcomes. And and it's spoken to or attributed to their social ties, their family base, their support centers. Um, but you know, there's there's scarce empirical research in this regard, so it's something that's still being developed and looked at. And then, you know, and that also feeds into self-esteem.
1: It does, and you think about that, right? It's, it's interesting that there is a paradox, that although African Americans, you know, we we have these, this exposure to psychosocial stressors, right? Mm-hmm. And you would think that those things would make us unable to function and cope, and they do, but that once we work through them, we have these better outcomes and our self-esteem can come sometimes improve, mm-hmm. but <clears throat> Unfortunately, the colorism can play a huge role in low self-esteem of black Americans um, from individuals to relationships, and mm-hmm. it can even expand to soul you know, societal status. And these things start young, right? Children attach their self-worth and attractiveness sometimes to the color of their skin. Yes. And you know, you can a trip go back into your childhood and mm-hmm. think about, unfortunately, all the darker skinned children that may have been in your neighborhood or in your elementary school and think about how poorly Mm. they were treated. And we always say, well, kids will be kids. And Mm -mm. you know, that's just how kids are. And it's not, because that is something that was ingrained in them. Someone look at color as a negative thing Mm -hmm. to to use that person's color against them as an insult. Mm -hmm. So that Mm -hmm. starts very young,
0: very, very young. Thank you.
1: It just grows and it grows and it grows Mm -hmm. because it's never a space for darker skinned African-Americans to really see themselves represented in a positive light. If you look at TV shows the cops and robbers robbers are always the dark Mm -hmm.
0: the Dressed in black and the saviors always in white and
1: right and we'll Mm. talk about that a little bit more Mm -hmm. Um, You know studies have Reported that colorism affects darker skinned women from working classes and darker skinned women who were judged unattractive than their male counterparts. So it seems like even though, again, you know, you have colorism when we're talking about black and white. Mm-hmm. But think about this. So we have black and we have white. So as an as a, as a population of people, we already are discriminated against based off the color of our skin. Right. And then even and then within off the that, break right we break ourselves down further further to alienate those who are darker skin and mm-hmm. relegate them to the bottom of the totem pole mm-hmm. while we push the lighter skinned individuals farther up yeah um and then we see this in a lot of different cultures and societies bleaching has become something that's very popular i saw like a i think it was I don't know if it was on 60 Minutes, it was on, or Vice or something. And they Mm -hmm. were talking about how Jamaicans and Africans Mm -hmm. have taken to bleaching at very unhealthy rates and like what they do to bleach their skin. Like it was like bleaching cream and Vaseline and like saran wrap Mm -hmm. and they like wrap their whole body in it and they like sit in it. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. And (laughs) for some people it helps their self-esteem because their skin has gotten lighter, so they just automatically attribute. Now people are going to see me as worthy because my skin is lighter.
0: Yeah, right? my, my family is Jamaican, and um, my family had told me a story, uh, which I had heard before, but I had forgot until so I was like going through this again. So my grandfather is fair, fair skinned, and my grandmother is very dark skinned. His family, who his my great grandfather is white and Jewish, very, um, I think most of the family is white on his side, and then his mother was black. But when my grandfather was getting ready to marry, he had left Cuba and went moved back to Jamaica to marry my grandmother. that family was not happy about it at all and they gave my grandmother the blues most of their marriage until they divorced and then the next his next wife was light, light like you if if you saw her walking down the street you wouldn't know she was black. she was just that much fairer um and then also on my grandmother's side on my mother's side then there were quite a few white individuals white jamaicans and what have you from britain and europe or whatever and my grandmother's brother is so fair i wouldn't if i would walk past him i would have no idea that he was black and those are conversations on both sides of my family um that usually comes into play and then those conversations kind of trickle down because most of the Females in my family are very fair skinned. And then there's some that are on the other opposite. My sister's a couple shades darker than me. And within my family, it wasn't necessarily talked about. We were made aware of it because it was very apparent that we were two different skin tones, that people would see my sister and didn't know that was my sister when I was younger. And right. then being in high school, I was the only black girl, but I was still light. But people, white people would be like, oh, Natalie, I got a tan I look like you. And I didn't have any other frame of reference for the skin tone business. And then they were just like, oh, I'm just as tan as you. I would take pictures and I would blend in. And there were you would hear comments here and there from families. Are you such a pretty girl? You're brown skin or you red bone. And I didn't think of that until we really got started talking about this topic because it's something that I've heard most of my life, but it's never really, my sister would see it differently than I do. Mm -hmm. because of how the conversations were had in the household. But it wasn't to be malicious. It was just what they knew.
1: I would have to talk to my sister because my sister is a few shades darker than me. So I would have to talk to her about whether colorism really existed in our family. My grandmother had made some... My grandma was a darker skinned woman. And she would make some comments, but... I don't know if the comments were like, I don't know, but she just would make some comments. She would right. make some comments. And um, I would have to see if my sister felt like her skin tone was, was brought up in a negative way or if mm-hmm. it ever had a negative impact on her. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure. I mean, my sister helps with the editing of this. So she'll be like, oh yeah. Right. She'll probably tell me. Yeah, this happened and this happened and this happened. Mm-hmm. I know that my sister did experience racism mm-hmm. at a higher level than mine, I've ever
0: experienced. Mine too. Mine too.
1: Um my sister in middle school got chased home. Um she got called a nigger. Nine too. She had somebody pissed on her book bag. Oh, now God. I will say my sister beat the boy up. But my sister course, too. <laughs> yes. It was a boy, of course, because it's oh, always yeah, it's boys. a boys. And don't let get me into why white boys black women yes. even at a young age mm-hmm. and don't know how to address that, so that it turns out to be violent. But right. we'll talk about that at another point in time. Mm-hmm. But she got kicked off the bus, and I get—I guarantee you that was because they just automatically assumed she was black, mm-hmm. so she was in the wrong.
0: My sister got suspended.
1: Yeah. So you know, it's it's unfortunate that this happened. And it's, it's sad because I never even really thought about it. And I'm not saying, like, I never thought that colorism existed. I'm, I'm well aware that colorism existed. But I'm pretty sure that when you look at our group of friends, our group of friends range in mm-hmm. shades from very light to where you don't know if they're black or they could be attributed to Spanish or mm-hmm. whatever, to, you know, dark because they are from... They are from Africa, like for real, like not through the slave ship, right? Right, born and raised in In
0: Africa, Africa, the continent (laughs) of Africa,
1: right? And so, I'm pretty sure if we had these conversations with them, our experiences in the same settings and the same environments would be probably very
0: different. Mm -hmm. Very, and it's interesting with this conversation. And and you guys um, had a resource about the Red Table Talk. With their Stefans. And mm-hmm. there was a comment about um Cuomo. I can't call. Mm-hmm. Um, about his grandmother telling him don't go outside and make and darken, and darken up, darken up house. your house. Mm-hmm. And the the discussion was that was clearly pointed, because the rest of his family, his sisters were much fairer than him. Mm-hmm. But then the the discussion went to I'm trying to issue trying to protect him
1: mm-hmm. to remind
0: him that he's a black, the darker he is the harder he's going to have it. But she said it in such a way that don't don't go outside and he developed a complex about it. Without yeah. understanding, without her explaining, look, if you're a darker male, you're going to have a harder life. But it doesn't right. come out that way. And I, you know what I mean? I, even with my house, even with my household, my mother always was like, you remember, you're black. Even right. though you may not look this, that, the other, you're black. At the end of the day, people will only see you first off as black.
1: Right. Well, I mean, I look at it like this. You, 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 and Karamo's situation, right, I don't ever see that, I can't even see that as being, even though in her mind, his grandma's mind, telling him not to go outside to get tanned, mm-hmm. go outside in the sun and get darker, because right. it's going to be a problem. It's still problematic, in itself, of course. and itself, so if you think it's helping, because he shouldn't have to change mm-hmm. who he is, or try to lessen his color, because other people are going to have a problem with right. it, right? Like, I shouldn't have to keep fitting into you, what your standard mm-hmm. of beauty or yes. acceptability is. That's bullshit. Very. That's bullshit, mm. you know? And we we look at this in a lot of ways, speaking of this, in jobs and, and opportunities.
0: Very much so. And it goes in line with the black elites. So, even go through generations you have the lighter skinned blacks, they're down in the south that right to the to the north. They're afforded a lot of different opportunities. Like we said, it folds into to colleges because the lighter skinned blacks were afforded the opportunity to go to school. And then that kind of perpetuated the, the paper bag test, which then perpetuated them to be able to go on and get jobs and create a life for themselves that were afforded many more opportunities than their dark skinned p- counterfor- counterparts and have access to wealth and on and then also seen as less threatening, and that's where you kind of develop the the Oaks Bluffs, the Inkwell, the Martha's Vineyard, the the respective social groups that earlier in the year, earlier in the um, past years, most of if you look at their pictures of those organizations, they are extremely fair Black people, mm-hmm. and everything is connected to like um, the book Lawrence Otis Graham, our kind of people, and looking at that, and you see the breakup and break down if you will of how the different shades were seen in different groups and then the creation even of within these black elites was the creation of jack and jill so that they yeah. had their with their had their own group within so that they their children could be exposed to just those that you know had those same opportunities that right. generationally were afforded because of the historical context of slavery
1: right Put and i down. think you if you look at that when you're talking about organizations like unfortunately we're talking about fraternities and sororities Mm -hmm. there is still a stigma and a stereotype that aka's Mm -hmm. are just going to be they're going to look a certain way yes they're going to be a certain way and there are i'm not going to say that there aren't a lot of women that fall into that that Mm -hmm. box but not everybody right or that deltas are going to look a certain way right and zetas are going to look a certain way Mm -hmm. and i think that there for people who like for me i'm um a legacy two times over right as an aka my, my, my mom's an aka my grandmother's an aka so it was never uh i'm not gonna say it was never an option i never saw anything else mm-hmm. and i understood the organization what it stood for and i understood how it started so for me ak was the only way but mm-hmm. what if you don't come from a a family that's heavily yeah. rooted in fraternities and sororities and you just hear the stereotypes mm-hmm. like akas only accept light-skinned women yes deltas only accept dark-skinned women well deltas accept dark-skinned women zetas i don't know <laughs> and sigma gamma rose i don't know right that was never it was either AKs or deltas right and the other either two or. were just not was an either option. Or. Right. and i'm not saying anything against zetas or sigma gamma rose because i know women in both organizations that are great women but i'm just saying even with that there was a perpetuation mm-hmm. of these are the elites and everything else is we don't even pay attention to right so if you're someone who's of darker skin you probably don't even you may want it to be an aka but Mm -hmm. felt because of the stereotype and because of the brown paper bag test right and i have a story but i can't share it so i'm gonna move (laughs) the brown (laughs) paper bag test but i know you know that there are you know people who probably got turned off by that particular mm-hmm. stereotype like I'm not going to join this organization yes. because they only cater to lighter skin
0: mm-hmm. people right
1: and that's that's unfortunate
0: extremely I mean there's historical rooting in it but it doesn't have to continue to be that way so no. it's, it's left up to the members of that organization to dispel that um, that thought process right and moving forward you know
1: right you were talking about with jobs and opportunities, there are just a couple other things I think you were about to go into. Yeah, I, because... interrupted you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's all good. But it's in, in speaking to the opportunities, there's definitely a difference in pay rates between darker skinned people mm. and lighter skin. Um, and that's definitely apparent within the, um, the male population. And it mirrors the difference between... In the And that difference mirrors the difference in pay between whites and blacks, which we already know is proven fact point period and it it is and that's how this the situation in the society currently is um but then a lot of light-skinned blacks historically based on all of the things we've already said end up having a higher income and they complete more years of schooling and they live in better neighborhoods all because all of these things build on top of each other and you know especially i will say this is a big one when president obama was (laughs) elected He's our first the colorism black,
1: at its finest.
0: At its finest. Our first black president was light-skinned, suggesting that he may not have been a- elected. Um, he wouldn't have had the same opportunities had he been a little bit darker. And we really ought to sit down and think about that. And it's like the whole one-drop rule was on display because he had two parents. His lived with his mother who was white, but they're like, he's a black president. Before I mean, before anything else, completely discounted his mother. As being but the other spouse, as the other he, um, parent,
1: but he identified, and that's right. I agree. He identified himself as black, and the problem I think we we have as a society and, and as a whole is that they wanted to take that and use that as a marker mm-hmm. for everything else. It was like people were like, okay, blacks are like, oh my God, I'll vote for him because mm-hmm. he's a. But but let's be real, we had these southern liberals. We had these liberals that ain't really our kind of folk liberals. Mm -hmm. They're only liberal when it comes to white privilege. That only, let's keep it real, voted for Obama because of the fact that he was a lighter Mm skinned black man.
0: So I don't see him as racist. Exactly. You can't be racist. I voted for Barack.
1: Because I voted for Barack. And then there are black, there are white people like, I don't like him because he's black. Yep. Now the extra layer to that is you see his wife who is a black woman? I'm 100%. talking about. Ain't nothing you can. Michelle is black. Okay? <laughs> yes. Ass, lips, hips. Black, All of that. Okay? And the things that they use to describe her mm. as mm. a black woman mm. shows you just what we're talking about. But exactly. then that's just going, looking at black and white. Now let's break it down to our community. Our, in our community, Their barbershop arguments. He ain't really black. That was
0: yes. black.
1: He 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 mixed.
0: Right. He ain't a real brother. He ain't, he ain't down. Brother. He ain't down for the cause. You know. You know.
1: And Can't that's win for losing. unfortunate. And then some people even took it a step further. They didn't take it off color. And they were like, you know, it's about how he acts. Like acting black is a specific thing. And then yes. and, and it was like, oh, Clinton was our first real black president. No, mm-hmm. he was not. He's a member of Five Beta <laughs> The Sigma though. Yeah, he is. Well, he that's is. probably why people think that he's
0: <laughs> just <saying>. like <laughs> he's a member of a Black Fraternity.
1: <laughs> yes. So, you know, and then so looking at that, right? And I I, I like to use Michelle and, and Barack as romantic, looking at our romantic mm-hmm. pursuits, right? Mm-hmm. Now, in certain situations, that's commonplace. Sometimes a, a lighter skinned male with like a darker skinned female, mm-hmm. a darker skinned female like a lighter skinned male you know sometimes darker skinned men go after lighter skinned women Mm -hmm. um and but i think that there is an issue with it's typical to see light-skinned black women as being represented as the standard for beauty Mm -hmm. in the african-american community and therefore more highly desired desirable for high status spouses and i think the reason the reason why i talked about obama and michelle because that was like Michelle wasn't what you would consider the typical or I'm not even what you consider what society would push forward as your typical high desired high status Mm -hmm. wife, black woman in terms of looks Mm -hmm. and we know this would say about her right Mm -hmm. and that's unfortunate and you know research has shown that darker skinned women are less likely to be married than lighter skinned women um, in online dating, we see that there are mm. issues when it comes to darker skinned women or African-American women in general just being Left off the list of racial preferences even with African-American mm. men.
0: Yep And that's and a I, whole other discussion
1: a whole other discussion <laughs> Upbringings and interracial families has a, a, a huge part on your romantic um, Pursuits and I feel like when you're looking at it from that way, there are a lot of stereotypes that have been perpetuated, that get pushed and pushed in the African American community to the point that I think some people just believe that this is so. Mm-hmm. Case in point in the in the athletic community, it seems to be commonplace that when a when a athlete, a successful athlete, very mm-hmm. successful or not, g- gets married or has a woman, they are always of the lighter mm-hmm. skin persuasion. Persuasion. Mm-hmm.
0: All the always. way to if they're not white, right? If they're not right. White, Fair enough. Fair point. Fair point.
1: If they're not white, they're always of the lighter skin persuasion, and we've seen this with if you look at um, Michael Jordan's ex-wife, his current wife. Mm-hmm. Look at Scottie Pippen's ex-wife. Mm-hmm. Look at Shaq's ex-wife.
0: Doctor Dre. I think Dwayne Wade ex-wife.
1: Yeah, but I, I'm just talking about sports. If you look at if you look at Dwayne Wade has the most I would say Gabrielle Union is what Mm -hmm. you would say a regular way round the way girl right Mm -hmm. you look at Chris Bosh you look at Kobe I mean you could go down the list and it's always the lighter fairer skin right Mm -hmm. and I think that that is just like that is like a mentality that's just held our community and has not let go
0: Right, Right. It's it's in the upbringing. Right. You know, whether whether like like what we were talking about with with our respective families with Zarifa saying, you know, when you look at the obviously we're ladies, but on the male point of view, what what is seen as beauty? How 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 were we raised in our households to view blackness and how that is associated with beauty? And because exactly. And you're looking at social media, you see how it's been um interwoven into with sports which is the att- which captures the attention obviously of our males um and then music and anything in social media the looking at the um straight out of compton casting alone and i you know i brought that up with the whole dr Dre or whatever but group they had four different groups of how they were casting women to, to be in this movie group a was multicultural which would be like kim kardashian viewpoint that look Group B was looking at Beyonce type and C medium to light skin. Those that had weaves and group D, they were looking for black girls, black women, sorry, that were were poor, not in shape and medium to dark skin between the ages of 18 and 30. So that alone has already been indoctrinated into Mm -hmm. that, the film industry. And we see it with video vixens, like back at the, I mean, now of course it's, it's it's been that way. If you just like look at BET, all the video vixens had hair long down to their behind, but they still had African features as far as mm-hmm. a big a big booty, a small waist, lips, thighs, well, all that.
1: Right, but it's it's in artist development and investment as well, right? Mm-hmm. You see the money and the marketing machine behind those artists that are lighter skin mm-hmm. and fair toned, than you do with the darker skin, very. You know, talented individuals. Right. If you look at, for example, Normani, Normani is a is excellent. Mm-hmm. I don't understand why she isn't like a bigger, bigger star than what she is right now. Agree, because she's um, been out for a while. I, right, and I mean, yes, they're pushing it, but they're not pushing it, in my opinion, hard enough. Like there are some female rappers right now in this day and age that are trash. And I think the only reason why they're getting the airplay and the mm-hmm. recognition is because of how they look. And that's mm-hmm. it. But it's because, marketable. Right. You cannot tell me that Big Lotto or what's that little girl's name that, even though I like this song, there's a whole lot of money in this motherfucker. Oh, <laughs> B. B.I. 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 B-I. Yeah. B-I. <laughs> B.I. I like that song. Yes. But if you look at her and then compare her to Rhapsody, why isn't Rhapsody a bigger mm-hmm. draw? We know why.
0: Mm-hmm. Even in, in in just like you look at R&B and then you look at the neo-soul component of, yeah. of social media. Mostly you look at the Ari Lennox's. And, I mean, yes, there's Snow Allegra, but you usually, unfortunately, see it it's split that the neo-soul, more embracing your blackness, the darker skinned um, artists are elevated within that realm. Mm-hmm. you know and it's I, it, yeah it's
1: unfortunate and we but we do this to ourselves yes we perpetuate it to our, mm-hmm. ourselves there's something i do i never talk about charlie's skin tone and when i ask her to describe people to me i never tell her well, what color are they i never say that i ask her to point out the features that will help me to know who she's talking about so mm-hmm. sometimes you're like mommy they look like me and then I'll see the little kid she talked about. a like, little girl to look like me? <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? But I understand her now as to what she's, like, she's talking about height. or she's talking Right. About height, the other
0: qualifiers.
1: About, right. Or, you know, but I try to get her away from describing people based on color. Mm-hmm. Because I think that that's where it starts as well. Like, it's deep. Like, in Maryland here where we are there is a family i'm not going to say the family's name um but there is a a family that is notorious in this area for inbreeding and they apparently do it to keep the color Mm -hmm. as light as possible to the waters so to speak Um, Mm -hmm. but if you're in this area if you know you know and there's i think there's even more than one family but the one that's prominent Mm -hmm. a lot of people know who i'm talking about and you know that is sick yeah. right but unhealthy
0: that's on so many levels
1: generational and we have to find ways to come up out of this mindset mm-hmm. because it is the year of our lord 2021 why if i'm why are we beefing over who's lighter who's lighter? girl
0: oh mm. and the whole the whole lighter or not lighter in the the if you see a black woman that is beautiful you got to be mixed with something
1: or you it- said You're pretty for a dark-skinned one. Yes.
0: And I got Indian in my family. Like, why can't it be just that you're beautiful and black? Why does it have to be shades therein that qualify? And then if you have long hair, light skin, and you're dark skin and have long hair, oh,
1: is that weave? It's just, I don't understand. Yeah. We just have to do better as a community. So how can we do better, right? How can we, as a people, do better with i mean we're not going to eradicate colorism but we can do better as a society as a community to make sure that the next generation is being raised to not look at this (laughs) at Mm -hmm. all right so how do we do that you have to have affirmations out the Mm womb, and especially unfortunately if you have a darker skinned child this is something you have to do because this like the world the way that we are Mm -hmm. like they're just you don't want your child's Worth to be tied to the color of their skin, you know, we could teach our children about colorism There are a lot of books and I had a book but I can't remember about the different shades of mm-hmm. People and how everybody is the same. Yeah, like, we might look different on the outside But there's so many things about us What's that are same? uniquely the same hmm Um you know understand and keep in mind the following the colorism isn't just about those with dark skin it could be on the opposite side
0: mm-hmm. you know there are light-skinned women Man. who've
1: been frequently called names like red bone light bright and high yellow yeah but and you of think course,
0: they're better than everybody else right i've had that
1: right because big lotto the issue her, her her real rap name If i don't if you don't know big lotto trust me you're not missing anything but her real rap name her original rap name was mulatto oh that's her that was her yes but people were saying, why are you calling yourself a mulatto? Like, do you understand the what negative. That means and the negative connotation that comes with that? And how, <coughs> excuse me, there is so much colorism ingrained yes. in that. So she changed her name to Big Lotto. Oh,
0: because I remember seeing that. I saw that and I was like, that was a while ago. And I'm like, who no. would name themselves that?
1: Her name is Mulatto. Um, do
0: your history folks Please please do your history. Then
1: um, we need to understand that colorism doesn't only affect women Mm -hmm. It does affect men and it does affect light-skinned men Mm light-skinned men are painted as um, Soft effeminate snooty. I was talking about during the research that there was this meme of Prince laying down on a couch with his legs in the air and it said this is how light-skinned men um do their taxes or something like that right and i got a chuckle out of it but then i said no like that is wrong mm-hmm. and i'm laughing at it because of the stereotype of how we portray light-skinned right men,
0: mm-hmm. you know it's a cycle um, it's self-perpetuating
1: self-perpetuating colorism is not specific to the black uh, american community it is not mm-hmm. i mean we went to college i you know dominicans that have issues
0: mm-hmm. of it's, color
1: that's big in, in the the, yes dominican so it
0: is very big in the dominican
1: um, We have friends who went to the DR on a vacation, and they were buried in shades, and the lightest friend that was there could potentially pass this right. She had to be the one to go and make the reservations and show up first to go eat, mm. because they would not seat them if the other two friends went, who are of darker skin. Mm. So she basically was like the face of the group, which is fucked up. Yeah. Right? <clears throat> mm-hmm. So if they do this to outsiders, just imagine what they do to their own people. Right. Asians, they have it in their community. It's heavy. Indians, they definitely have it. And they attribute theirs more to class. The darker you are, the lower class Mm -hmm. you are. Mm -hmm. And it is apparent. We went to college with someone who had a roommate who would powder her face lighter. Mm. So she could be seen lighter. So she could be more suitable mm. for a suitor and Ooh,
0: a marriage. That self hate that Girl. that it causes amongst us is just—it's
1: a lot. Mm. Um, colorism is not an acceptable form of racism, and colorism it starts with our media institutions and ourselves. So representation matters. Cult commercials matters. TV mm. personalities yes. matters. I mean, look at Viola Davis coming on the screen. Yes, it was like. What a dark-skinned woman could be sexy and attractive, yeah, desirable bitch. Yes. Of course, cover girl
0: or whatever she's doing now. And I'm just like, why is it like you said, you of our lord 2021, and we're seeing Viola Davis coming through for a skincare regimen to promote and uplift the beauty of black women.
1: Right. And you look at the situation at two, and you're saying to yourself, like we're getting away from the darker skinned woman being like the 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 side friend that gets you mm-hmm. know all the insults thrown at. Look at Martin. Yes and, and Pam. And Pam and Martin.
0: Yeah. Even
1: in Living Single the two darker skin characters always were throwing insults at each other. Yeah. Max and Kyle. Oh yes. And yes we all got a kiki out of it and it was funny but when you really look at it what is what was that rooted in Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. why did pam always had to be called a nappy-headed hoe or a buckshot or bdb bdb or her 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 physical appearance was always talked about Mm -hmm. when we know secretly martin really wanted that let's keep it 100 Mm -hmm. but that's 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 neither here nor there (laughs) so you know we know colorism isn't this trivial we can't just narrow it all down into a podcast and make it all work right and everybody comes away kumbaya and we don't have colorism anymore and i know that we didn't solve the world's problems when it comes to colorism but we hope that within this it's just a discussion it's Mm -hmm. just to open the dialogue maybe open the dialogue with your tribe talk about some of the things that we personally talked about See if you have been a victim of colorism or if you have yourself Mm -hmm. pushed colorism and perpetuated it on somebody else. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, like I said, I laughed at that meme. I was key keying it up, and I was like, oh, that's kind of cringy because I'm laughing because I associate, Mm -hmm. I associated in that moment a light-skinned man being soft, and that's not cool. Right. That's not right. Mm -hmm.
0: And then the perception of just what you think the other person thinks of you or thinks of themselves. Which you're projecting. Oh, you think that you're better than so and so because you look like this, right? Or are you, or are you, you too nice to be as such and such. Like I've been told that. Oh, you nice to be, uh, aka, even though you light skin. I'm like, I, I didn't even know what to say to that. Or I've been told, you know, in different situations that I get preferential treatment based on my skin tone. And I'm not saying that's not the case, but there's the perception that that is the case, and it further perpetuates everything that we're talking about on both sides
1: right and that's a good that's a good um place to end on because i want to say this it is true your skin tone if you are a lighter skinned person Mm -hmm. you may be afforded other opportunities but are you taking advantage of those opportunities are you taking privilege of it just like there's white privilege are you Mm -hmm. taking light skin privilege right are you using that to put somebody else down Mm -hmm. to further you and to further your objective like there's a lot that we can dive into here But I hope that you all just really take a beat, take a step back, think about how you're parenting your children, think about how you're Mm. maybe reparenting yourself and how you're thinking about these things as you go through your day-to-day activities. Think about how you describe people. Are you using their skin tone as a as one of the first descriptions mm. of giving somebody you know an idea of who you're talking about? We really need to take a step and, and really think about this. True. And I hope that this does open a, a lane of dialogue for you, your friends, and your family. Um, but we're gonna take a quick break and come back with the last sip of the day with your hood dolly Marvel. glass of tea with your Lama. The world will always tell you that you're something else, that you're too dark, too short, whatever. We need to show black men and women that we are emotional, we are strong, we are smart, and we are intuitive. And that is from the Queen King herself, (laughs) Beyonce Giselle (laughs) Knowles Carter, okay? (laughs) And I don't have anything else to add other than again, take a step back look at how you're presenting yourself to the world look at how you are you your perceptions of things Mm -hmm. are are, are, like think about how your perception of things are and really just do a self-assessment to see if you are one of these people that are perpetuating Mm -hmm. some stereotypes or some effects of colorism that's all I'm saying Okay, exactly. And that is the last sip of tip with your hood, Dalai Lama. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
0: <laughs> Thanks all for joining us this week on Sipping Tea with Nat and Z. As you know, you can follow us on Instagram at underscore Nat and Z underscore pod. And of course on Facebook, T Nat and Z to get information on upcoming podcast topics, guests, and news. Thanks for listening and catch us next episode where we talk about having a purpose driven life. Be well, everyone, and be kind to each
1: other this week.